0: Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, and you're listening to Music Mania. You're ready for some screaming heavy metal? We
1: rock! But the evil that men do... On. We're gonna bang! Yeah!
2: You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Well, we are officially on the road to rock here in the summer of 2019, often running into the spring and summer months, which is what it's all about for us here on the Music Mania podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And I'm going to be joined by three huge guests on this very show, including Mark Kendall from the band Great White. Uh, great White's going to be here um, on Friday night at the Ameristar Casino. Uh, tickets are still available. Go to the band's website, officialgreatwhite.com. You can get tickets. It's going to be great to welcome Mark back to the show. It's been a couple years since we talked to him. We had Michael Lardy on the show just a few months ago, and uh, we're going to talk to uh, Mark about uh, the addition of Mitch Malloy as singer. He's been in the band about a year now. We're going to talk to him about that, the transition, uh, what it's been like from Terry Illus uh, now to Mitch Malloy, who I think is bringing a lot to the band, great, uh, just a great frontman and a tremendous singer. So, can't wait to see Great White. I'm also going to be welcoming none other. This was a huge surprise. Now, I'm not someone that really likes a lot of surprises. Like, I'm not one that enjoys like Christmas gift surprises. I like to know what I'm getting myself into. I'm a planner, you know. That's kind of how I do things. But on this show, the ultimate surprise is going to be unfolding because uh, I'm being joined by Jim Peterik. Um, And his new album is called Winds of Change. It came out April 26th via Frontier Music. And uh, the new single, Proof of Heaven, features Dennis DeYoung. Of course, Jim Peterick um, was a member of Survivor. He wrote Eye of the Tiger. He's just a legend in the music business. He's written songs like Hold On Loosely by 38 Special. He has just done it all. And guess what? Called in to do this interview with Jim as he's promoting this new album. And Dennis DeYoung just happens to be in the room with him. Yes, Dennis DeYoung of Sticks. He's actually going to be bringing his music of Sticks uh, to Jefferson City here coming up in June. But to my surprise, both both gentlemen were there and just happened to be there. And uh, you, you hear—I mean—they catch me off guard. You hear me? You know, I'm very—I'm thinking that that Jim's pulling a fast one on me or something. And it's kind of funny the way I react to it because I'm like, wait, what is? Dennis DeYoung really in the room? Because I was not expecting it was not on my original, you know, on my in my notes or uh, from the from the publicist. So very amazing occurrence, and that's coming up here in our, our second interview on the Music Mania podcast. Definitely want to send you over to check out uh, Gene Pe- uh, Jim Peterick's in World Stage album. It is awesome. Jim You can get all the information for that. Of course, Dennis DeYoung is a guest on the album. Not only that, but you've got Matthew and Gunnar Nelson, Kelly Kagey from Night Ranger, you've got uh, Toby Hitchcock. Danny Vaughn, Mike Reno from Loverboy, Kevin Cronin from Mario Speedwagon. It is a star-studded album. Jim Peterick is an amazing songwriter and performer, and we're going to get into all that. Man, I tell you, Jim Peterick has done it all, and it's going to be great to talk with him. And, of course, Dennis Young happens to pop in there as well. It's just something I, I can't stop saying. The, because it was such a surprise and so amazing. But that's uh, our interviews are locked in for this. It's going to be great. We have several big ones coming up, including Cher Ross from Vixen's is going to be coming up. Uh, we have Johnny Rabb from Collective Soul on the horizon here and Don Felder, former guitarist from the Eagles. Those are all taping this week. It's going to be a huge summer here on the Music Mania podcast. And a lot of that is going to be based on the concerts we attend and the interviews we get. Now, I just got back from not seeing Sammy Hagar live Yes, I made the uh, four-hour drive from Kansas City to St. Louis uh, this past weekend. It was supposed to be a Saturday night show. I get there, and uh, people are filing into the parking lot. The gates are about to open when the venue decides to postpone the show. Now, here's the kicker. Barely an ounce of rain wound up falling. Uh, People were very angry. There were people that flew in, that had flights, that had hotels, that uh, couldn't stay for the Sunday show, like me, I couldn't stay for the Sunday show. I had other obligations. And getting a refund, let me tell you, that wasn't easy. <laughs> Trying to navigate the Ticketmaster site. It said, oh, just simply press the button for a refund on your account. Uh, of course, that, there was hiccups there. It wouldn't take, uh, you know, when you hit the button, it wasn't taking, it wasn't giving you the refund. You had a call and the line was busy. It was just a nightmare. And I think... It was an extremely knee-jerk reaction by the venue to cancel the show, especially as gates were opening, as people were filing in, Sammy was just getting done with sound check at about 5:30 and they canceled the show about 6. Unbelievable, and you had a beautiful evening. It was 85 degrees. A few raindrops fell, but the ticket says all-weather event. This was bungled by Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. If you want to read more details, I wrote an article about it. It's on our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. Check that out. Let me know if I'm being unfair because I think when people make arrangements like that and you got a big show... Like that, Sammy Hagar at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater in St. Louis. He's a Sammy Hagar is huge in St. Louis. He does Van Halen like numbers there. Sammy Hagar in the Circle when Vince Neil was set to open. Of course, the show took place Sunday night. I'm sure it was great. Sure, it was fantastic. But I'm always gonna have that bad taste in my mouth. I didn't get to see it, so I, I had to had to turn around and come home and uh, a lot of people were you know put out even even uh, more so than i was so that's my story sticking to it but there's a lot more coming up i'm going to be covering the rock festival from Prior, oklahoma guys i attended this show um, in it's you know in its inception in 07 as a fan i was there braving 3 days camping out in the july heat now the event is in may thankfully although sometimes you get those bad storms and tornadoes and things like that hopefully we steer clear of that but uh can't wait to be down there you know you got bands like disturbed corn uh jackal ace freely bush it's going to be a great uh weekend i'm always you know always fortunate to go down there and cover that from the media tent you know the nice cushy media tent where there's drinks provided and shade not having to be out there with all the crazy fans you know going nuts hey you know i know that's part of it i go out there here and there and just to check it out you know but when it comes down to it if there's like a band that i'm not crazy about seeing i like like to have that solace and You know, just that quiet space. So, you know, that's that's me in my old age. I know most of you can't relate, but uh, that's going to be coming up And so many shows. We are on the road to rock all summer long here on the podcast. Going to be catching uh, Vixen coming up, so we're going to have Cher Ross coming on. They're going to be in Edgerton, Kansas on June 14th. And we got uh, Firehouse coming in June 29th. So much coming up. I'm going to be taking a road trip to see Brian Adams and Billy Idol in uh, August in Detroit. I tell you what, that's what it's all about. Follow all our adventures. Uh, catch us on Instagram, Music Mania Podcast. Of course, on Twitter, at Music Mania underscore show. And I hope you're subscribed to the podcast, uh, which you can do on Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and certainly Spotify. If you have a smartphone, you have this show. We always appreciate the feedback, so please hit that subscribe button and leave us some feedback. If there's a guest you'd like to have, us have on, if you want a band that you'd like us to review, Get a hold of me, uh, at gmail.com, and that will go straight to me. So always appreciate that. Always appreciate interacting with you guys and the feedback. So, so much coming up. And I tell you what, before we get to our first interview, which is with Mark Kendall of great white got to tell you about our sponsor cd warehouse in gladstone missouri guys for over 22 years a staple of the northland they buy sell and trade cds dvds vinyl and more do not let the vibe of the old school record store go by the wayside give them a visit off antioch road today and tell them music mania sent you and there will be a discount or it's on us guys cd warehouse in gladstone missouri for over 22 years a staple of the northland louder than life America's premier three-day rock festival comes to Louisville's highly festival grounds at the KY Expo Center, September 27th through 29th. Starring Guns N' Roses, Slipknot, Disturbed, Rob Zombie, Godsmack, Marilyn Manson, Breaking Benjamin, Chevelle, Hailstorm, and many more. Single day and weekend passes are available now at louderthanlifefestival.com. Experience it live. Oh, it's good to hear from you again, man. It's been a it's been a while. We got you coming into Kansas City though, this Friday night. How cool yeah. is that, man? Yeah, it's exciting. We are, you guys are going to be here at the Ameristar Casino, fabulous venue. Lots of big acts coming through there. We're going to see you Friday night. You guys are kind of booked. You got you got uh, quite a few dates coming up this summer. The band is as busy as ever. How's everything been going? I know it's an exciting time for you guys for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, we've been playing around, and uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, something came up recently kind of off the subject of the music, but uh, in 1930, um, my uh, my grandfather and grandmother are from Missouri. Wow. It's a place called St. Joseph. Yep. Now, in 1930, my grandfather My grandfather worked at a bank with a famous painter, or who became a famous painter, named Billy DeBoerce, who, um, he was just an up-and-comer then, and he did uh, a mural of my grandma way back in 1930. He became a famous painter. Wow. And... When my uncle died, they gave me the original painting, and I didn't even know it was from a famous painter at the time, and a collector went on my Facebook and said, hey, I collect Billy Divorce paintings, and that's a Billy Divorce, and I looked at it. I, I had to research it through all my relatives and found out all the information. He did it as a favor to my grandfather. At the time, he he was a Billy Divorce the uh, painter, was a bank teller. Wow. And he, and my grandfather worked at that bank too. And he did that as a favor. He showed him a couple paintings and he goes, would you like me to do a painting of your wife? Anyways, he ended up doing Rita Hayworth and all the huge stars from way back in what? the
2: thirties.
3: Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, that was in St. Joseph, which isn't too awful far from Kansas city, but, um, uh, yeah, so it's kind of neat. And I also have a little bit of history going to Kansas City. Um, a few years back, um, a friend of mine who's a professional pool player played uh, Danny Harriman, who's the state champion in Kansas City. And they just played kind of a challenge match, and I was there for three days watching that. Wow. And, you know, we've been playing Kansas City, you know, our whole career, so. This is nothing new, but it's still exciting to get there.
2: That is really cool, and yeah, we're only about forty miles uh, south of St. Joe here, and we have. I've I've seen Great White. I'll tell you what, Mark, in every incarnation imaginable. I think my first time when you guys opened for Poison on the '99 reunion tour, it was you and yes, LA Guns and you guys and Rat Uh, and Poison. So that was my first time and. Hey, a million times since then, and it, it's uh, it's always great. Excited to see you guys. <laughs> We've got to talk about uh, your singer, Mitch Malloy because it's been a year now yeah. since he's been in the band. Yeah. I just, I've just i always been such a fan of his. I love his style. Yeah. I love him as a front man. Talk about what he's brought to the band, and it's kind of, you know, we had Michael Lardy on the show a couple of months ago. Yeah. It's just a renewed enthusiasm within the Great White Camp. Is that Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, actually, it happened... Quite by accident. Um, I just uh, when we recorded the album with Michael Wagner in, in Nashville, uh, we had this part in the song that we wanted you know the infamous gang shout that, that uh, Mike, uh, Michael Wagner is kind of famous for And he called down about 20 guys from 20 different bands. Mitch Malloy was there. I'm not sure if I said even two words to him there, but then on the Monsters of Rock Cruise, he came up on the stage with us, and I remembered him from Michael Wagner. Anyway, so uh, make a long story short, one morning I was on my phone, and I saw this Van Halen story about Mitch Malloy being in Van Halen, and, and you know, um, I grew up with Van Halen uh, playing three blocks from my house when I was like 16 years old. I paid a dollar to go see him. So I've known him that long and and known pretty much everything about Van Halen except for Mitch Malloy being <laughs> in the band. <laughs> so I uh, I watched this little documentary about it and I remembered him from, you know, the cruise and Michael Wagner in, in the studio in Nashville. And so I was just curious and I, I heard him do Panama and... Now come to find out he has this huge solo career, so I listened to a few of those songs. And he had this big, wide range, his vocal. And I really... uh, Michael Lardy had sent me a picture, and it was... You could just see me and Mitch Malloy on stage, and I thought it looked really cool, but nothing's being talked about about Mitch being in the band at this point. But after I saw the Van Halen thing, I called Michael Lardy... And asked if uh, I go, man, this, do you know anything about this Mitch Beloy guy? Um, and he said he'd been looking into him for a while, but he never told me about it. So, in other words, so this wasn't a case where we were auditioning singers or had ads out or anything like that. This kind of came up organically. And, um, anyway, so we talked about it and, You know, He said, what do you think about maybe sending him some music without vocals like some of our old hits and stuff and maybe a couple new songs and see what his voice sounds like on it and see if he's interested in joining or, or, you know, jamming with us? And he was, so he put his, he has a studio, he put his vocals on, sent us the tape back and it sounded amazing next thing you know he's on a plane coming out to jam with us for three days and that was that and he's done uh tons of shows for a year now and every night uh he just absolutely kills it on stage um you know he looks great he really engages the crowd and he sings great and You know, girls are starting to look at us again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, not that they weren't already. Believe it or not. (laughs) Not that they weren't already, Mark. Come on, don't sell yourself short, man. Uh, Well, this, this this is just such a blessing, and it's great to have this. And how important is it? when it comes to, you know, paying proper, you know, giving proper credence to these songs, because, you know, people come to see Great White, I mean, they know right. the songs, the hits are so big, I mean, from Once Bent and Twice I to Rock Me and Save Your Love, all the songs yeah. that people come to see, and it's important that those be presented in a proper way, and I know for you guys, very. it's hard, it's been hard. I mean, you had uh, Terry Illus in there for a while, and now and now with Mitch. How important right. is that, though, that you have someone out there that really does these songs justice? Very,
3: very important. And that's why we felt this was a good move, because we feel like Mitch is a little bit better fit, not only image-wise, but vocally. You know, he sings the songs, he delivers the songs in a way um, that's just more like the original, you know? And, uh, you know, we don't want to reinvent the songs, you know? When we write new stuff, that's a different story, but you want to deliver the hits well, and... The, you know, people come down to to hear that, and and so Mitch Mitch does it a lot, a lot of justice. And plus, he puts on a real high energy show. He really gets into it, and and he's a he's a natural frontman. I mean, he doesn't force anything. He, he he talks to the crowd like he talks to you know talking to anybody, you know. But he gets them right into the show from the very beginning of the show, and you know. It, it's just a, It's just always a great night. You know, Mitch is, uh, he covers the stage, he gets into it, he loves what he does, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're thrilled to have him in the band.
2: Well, Mark, the last time we had you on, it was in 2017, and we were talking about a new Great White Album. It was, of course, Full Circle, which I thought was really good. Now that you've got Mitch in the fold, what are there plans for, for maybe some new, new music coming up?
3: Yes. Uh, we've been writing songs. In fact, um, I actually sent send him some music with just the music. I had a pretty good arrangement on the song, and he sent the song back, done, vocals, you know, lyrics, everything, with a big, beautiful hook. And I was, like, in shock, because I've never written with a singer where I just handed him music and he sent me a song back, you know. He lives in Nashville, so... Uh, you know, I, I couldn't just call them and go, hey, come over, i got this great idea. <laughs> so uh, so we did it that way. Now, when we get down to crunch time, we will definitely be getting in a room with the band and working things out that way, but just uh, temporarily, we're just kind of, you know, doing it with our phones and whatnot. But uh, I, we were in shock. I played it for the band, and the, we're, we're just like, holy God, man, where's this guy from? <laughs> but, you know, I didn't know a lot about Mitch. And that's not to say he's not great. I just, you know, when you're touring and touring and touring and you're making records, you know, it's hard to follow everybody's career and, you know, and all that. But he's got a bunch of solo albums. He's been around and he's got a lot of fans. I mean, he's been on, like, you know, Jade Leno and stuff like this, you know. But I, I somehow he escaped my radar. But... Um, you know, people love him. Uh, he's been going to Europe for years. Uh, people know who he is, so it's not like we just grab this random dude off the street. I mean, this guy has bands, and um, you know, it's a joy. And he delivers our songs really well. And and he lo- and he really likes our music a lot. You know, that's important. That means a lot too. He really digs the music. I mean, he's passed on Chicago. I think he was. Uh, second line with journey kind of got beat out by the filipino guy because <laughs> and i and i understand why i mean that guy sounded so much like Gary. yeah you know, if you close your eyes you know i mean it's close I mean, you know and that's what they wanted so of course you know that worked out great for them but um yeah like i said we're, we're just thrilled with nitch and uh he's a great guy you know he great guy to be in a band with he's got great energy you know he's a
0: very positive guy
2: well how important so, is that for a band i feel like you know you because you audi uh, and michael you guys have been around and doing this for 34 years as, as great as this thing called great white right. so at this point in your careers how important is it to be around people and players and that 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 gel well with you that uh, that you get along with i mean that's something that like in your 20s i feel like you can you can deal yeah. with all these combustible elements, but then when you're at the age you are now, is it, it's more important to be around people that you get along with. I mean, would yeah, you agree? Absolutely.
3: And, and, you know, the other thing is we're a sober band. I mean, by no means are we, you know, these uptight freaks that, you know... I mean, we're still pretty crazy, but, you know, it, it's nice to not have, have one guy with some kind of, like, you know, drinking problem or, you know, anything that... That distracts us from what we do, and you know, we—it's nice to have a, you know, a teammate, if you will, that has good energy, a good morale, and and it's fun to be around. Of course, you know, you, you don't want to be in, in a band with guys you hate, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 Mitch is—he's uh, all that, you know. He's—he's he's a great guy. He's fun to be around. You know, we talk about things away from music. And, and uh, you know, he's a joy to be around. And, yeah, sure, it's important.
1: You so, know, the
3: most important thing is the show. Yeah. And that he delivers the songs well. And that our fans love him, which they've accepted wholeheartedly. I see the smiling faces. I see, you know, the, the way the crowd looks at Mitch. And everybody's smiling. So, you know, the acceptance uh, was there Really quickly. And people come up, I mean, here I've been in the band for 30-some years, and they come up and they're like, where's that bitch guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I want to I take a picture with that, with that one. That's because <laughs> of it. That's because of it. It's crazy, you know. They always run out to the lead singer. That's because he has fun. the best hair
2: in, in music. I mean, let's be honest, it's the hair yeah. for Mitch, right? I mean, he's... <laughs> he's got amazing hair and I tell you okay so I remember this Van Halen story and I I, I always remember going back to it was that was he in the band momentarily after Dave had left or was this back back in the Pasadena days no
3: it was after it it was after Sammy Hagar left it was like the mid 90s I guess
2: so before Gary Sharon.
3: and I I never heard heard about it but what happened was he was in the band for a couple months they were writing um, you know they totally accepted him in the band. They had a band meeting. He was told he was in the band. And then he kind of went home because they had to go do this award presentation on MTV or something. So he was just going home to like get his things and you know prepare for the, the future with Van Halen and everything. And then so he watched the MTV thing and the three guys walked out, but then David Lee Roth walked out. Yep. <laughs> and that that freaked Mitch out. He's going, this is going to confuse everybody. You know, I don't want to be a part of this, you know. And uh, so he kind, of, he kind of bailed on the project. But it, it was uh, a friendly parting, according to Mitch. And Eddie even gave him a song and goes, here, take this song and do, do whatever you want with it. And Mitch actually, I guess, you know, a lot of years rolled by, but he, he grabbed the song one day and actually made it into something. But, uh,
2: you wow. know,
3: he just didn't want to be part of of uh, uh, the confusion of why isn't it David Lee Roth, he was on MTV, who are you, and and that kind of but.
2: Well, uh, it, he, he yeah. Did,
3: he just didn't, didn't want to deal with all that.
2: Well, and it's been confusing ever since, so I don't think... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: He might as
2: well stay in the <laughs> <laughs> well I'll tell you what you know for Mitch being in there a year but you you and Audie you and then Michael the three of you guys um, talk about the working relationship between you three because it's been 34 years of this of, of great white and it's just so important yeah. and just talk about the working relationships relationships what that's like working with those guys and how you're still able to, to make it work all these years later
3: well we've always got along well. And that's big. Uh, Michael and I have always written, you know, most of the music for the band. So none of that's changed. Um, We're still old school. We still get in the room and jam. We show each other our ideas. Um, It might not be a whole song. Maybe it's just a couple of parts. And we develop it as the band by just jamming together. You know, so nothing's changed in that regard. I mean, it's basically like it's always been. You know, uh, I go in, I play my guitar until they tell me to stop playing, you know. <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, uh, we haven't changed the way we write. Um, you know, we don't send each other our parts and, you know, in the mail when we're writing for real. Um, like we've never recorded that way or, you know, we always jam together. Um, that seems to be the best way. Because when we all play together, it makes a certain sound, you know,
1: um,
3: that's identifiable. I I don't know what it would be like if we all played our parts separately, like some bands do. It might might just sound exactly the same as far as I know. But, you know, we're afraid to change anything. We're we're so old school and we like the way it works. You know, we're old school in the sense that it's the human connection we have each other that to each other, you know, like when we're playing, we look at each other a lot it might cause us to do some musical thing that we wouldn't do if we weren't there you know what I
2: mean? Sure. So, so that happens a lot when you're in a band for a
3: long time, but um so yeah, you know it, it's all good and we, like you said we yeah, we get along really well and we write like we always have so not not a lot has changed
2: awesome i tell you what the website is officialgreatwhite.com you can get uh, take us to the show here on friday night at ameristar casino so mark i got to i got to tell yeah. you this i got to tell you this one man here's this okay i go to 100 concerts a year i cover the shows i'll be there uh, in the photo taking photos of you guys and i'll be there i got two shows in one night brother i got to be great white you guys start at 8:30, and I gotta be at Slaughter about 25 minutes away. They go on at 11, so that's my night. Oh my God. How about that? That's I mean, not I many people pull off a double in in one night, right? That's
3: like <laughs> a little, uh, musical gangster or something.
2: I, you know what? I, I guess I'm still up for it. I'm 35. I'm getting up there, but I feel like I can pull this one off one night only. Then we gotta to head to Rocklahoma, <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna be awesome. Right on, man. Cannot wait well, to see ya.
1: to me, I'm you and everything, and, uh, Mark.
2: So- Pictures. Oh, of course, brother. We'll be doing their reviewing the show, of course. Uh, you and I are Facebook friends, so I'll, I'll send them all to you afterwards. And uh, always, oh, always appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, we'll catch you on. I know you got some summer dates coming up, but I know you're going to get home and uh, go see your Dodgers play at least a couple more times. You know, uh-huh. through the summer, uh-huh. and maybe, oh, yeah, maybe you'll get them to the World Series and maybe win this one. How about that?
3: Yeah, yeah, we're we'll coming runner-up two years in a row, man. we got to break the ice. I think
2: you're due, Mark. Okay, buddy, we will see you in Kansas City Friday night. Best of luck. We always appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon.
3: Thank you, Clem. I appreciate it, buddy. You bet. Thanks a lot. Che- cheers, man.
2: Huge thanks to Mark Kendall for coming in to talk about the upcoming Great White Show here in Kansas City. Again, you can go to the website, officialgreatwhite.com, to get tickets for the Ameristar Casino Show here on Friday. Uh, guys it's going to be a great one I always love uh, Great White Mark Kendall's a great blues guitarist blues bass guitarist Uh, legendary you know Great White goes back we've had Jack Russell on the show of course he does his own version of Great White but this version with Mitch Malloy as singer we got Michael Lardy in there tremendous Uh, can't wait to see them here on Friday night actually going to be pulling a double header this is insane we got Slaughter and Great White in Kansas City Friday night and I'm going to be hitting both shows don't ask me how but I'm going to be pulling a Houdini act and getting from one to the other somehow and catching both sets or at least partial sets from both bands. So that's going to be you know, my, uh, my cross to bear here coming up this weekend. But hey, don't feel sorry for me. Uh, a lot of big stuff coming up. And I'll tell you what, we're going to go ahead and transition to our next interview. As you can tell, this was taped about a week and a half ago. I was very caught off guard because I'm joined by Jim Peterick and a very special guest, Dennis DeYoung this is great, because uh, Jim Patrick this is wonderful. Welcome to the show, guys. How's it going? Hey, uh, hey, kid, this is
1: Dennis Dion. This is supposed to be Jim Peterick's name, but he's still in the bathroom. So he said, would you please answer the phone? You know, a man his age, what do you expect? And he's younger than me. So wait a minute. Uh, oh, here, here, here he comes, here he comes. Ah, Jim is here. All right, you, kid. Uh, I got to use the bathroom.
2: Jim, I, I, Jim I, t- I expected a lot of things. I didn't expect you to pull a fast one on me here. <laughs> well, Clint, you, you know us in Chicago. We're full of fun. You guys are. I'm a Midwesterner, too, here in Kansas City, and I'm sitting here, and I'm rarely, I'm always on my game, and I'm rarely thrown off. And Jim Peterick, you have done it. You have thrown me off, and I'm just going to give you props for that. Don't
1: leave you at Dennis.
0: Hey, if Clint has a, a, a question about proof of heaven, I want you to be here
2: i'm sitting i'm holding his coat <laughs> <laughs> do you have Dennis is dennis young really there
1: yeah
2: well guys hey, now stop uh we know those those uh, o- only i can hit those high notes guys um um let's <laughs> jim let this album uh, okay so world stage it was a now legendary album but jim Peterick and World Stage you guys have done it again Winds of Change it came out April twenty sixth. it is a hit Uh, of course Via Frontiers Music Uh, what a great label just talk about this album what's the reception been like so far because I'm a huge fan Uh,
0: thanks thanks so much yeah it's doing fantastic Uh, it's it's kind of my uh, wet dream if you will to (laughs) that doesn't sound good but anyway to bring bring across to the people all these great artists From the 80s and 90s uh collaborating in songwriting singing uh it's you know i I released an album about 20 years ago called world stage and serafino uh of uh frontiers my throat it's time for another world stage album what are you doing i said serafino do you know how hard it is to bring together all these rock stars and actually you know get them into town and get them focused and Anyway, I started making calls, and and everybody said yes, and I was really blessed because right near the end of the album, there was about a week till the deadline, and I was working with Dennis Young on his on his solo album, uh, helping to write a little bit, playing a little bit of guitar,
1: and at the end of the uh, session, Dennis goes. Uh, Jim, I owe you a song for your album. And uh, would you like to do Proof of Heaven? Uh, if, we, if I finish that for you while you're slaving away doing that I of March album, uh, I'll finish this for you. And, and Jim said, Are you kidding me?
0: I was totally blown away because that was my favorite song that we were working on. And uh, so I was just like, Yeah, you know. So I, I'm really, really blessed that. And
2: Proof of Heaven is doing so well. We did the video with Dennis and I screwing around and having a blast. Have you seen the video, Clint? Yes, we just posted it on our our Facebook earlier today. I'm a huge fan. Yay. Yay. Dennis,
1: why don't you tell what that song means? Seriously. It means money in the bank. No, come on. Come on. Uh, I want to mention one thing. Jim said this uh, World Stage album was, was um, trying to get the, the great singers from the 80s and 90s. What he meant was they're in their 80s and, and they're 90s. <laughs> so, uh, it's really, it, it, it follows the theme of some of my music, like Show Me the Way and Hello God, where all of us are, you know, we're wondering how this whole thing works, this universe thing. And this is a guy basically just sitting there and, and investigating his own life, and, and telling, I guess I'm having a conversation with the with, with the person in charge, and, and, and tell him that he can whisper the secrets of the whole thing in his ear, and he promised not to tell us anyone except maybe his wife. And uh, that's really it. It's it's just about the only question there really is. There's only one question, there, and that's why. Why are we here? And that's what the song is about. And Jim and I, we collaborated on the whole thing, put it all together. That beautiful uh, part on the end. Um. Uh. How they go on the bridge? On the bridge. Have you seen the sight of heaven right before our very eyes? <laughs> and, and that's Jim, and it was just it was just the most welcome musical part of the song to me. And we just we just collaborated on the whole doggone thing. And when we did the video, Jim and I, I said, Jim, let us not be serious. We're too old to pretend like we're, we're real. You know, we're real uh, uh, cool rock stars. We'll just be ourselves and have fun. And then we did, and that was it. It was just a, trying to celebrate the, the music we made together and the joy of the whole thing.
2: You guys have definitely done that. Um, how do you guys know each other? Obviously, uh, you know, Chicago guys, Sticks is a Chicago band. Um, Jim has been around. You guys have been, uh, you know, d- d- doing this for a long time. How do you, how, how far back does it go for you guys?
0: Oh, my God. I remember seeing the, the T.W. Fourth trade wins back when I was in high school, and so was Dennis. And uh, the Ange of March played with them in a the little stage in Indiana somewhere. And I remember they were great then. I didn't meet Dennis, though, until uh, a few years later when he was with Sticks and they had a lady out. And I said, this guy's got a fantastic voice. Uh, but we've, we've bumped into each other, you know, on the road, off the road. But we really didn't get serious about writing uh, till very recently and uh, realized how much common ground we have. Uh, as as writers, as people. And plus, he moved like three, two blocks away from my house, so it was really easy to get together and, and collaborate.
2: Well, God bless you guys for doing so. Not only is Dennis DeYoung, of course, a part of this, but gosh, you got some of my favorite singers of all time in the genre, Matthew and Gunnar Nelson, Kelly Kagey, the drummer from Night Ranger. who's uh, also a great singer, of course. Uh, you, you have an unreleased track by the late uh, Jimmy Jameson, uh, Jason, Chef, so much going on here. How did you, you, how did you guys put this together? This is insane that you're able to pull this off.
0: Uh, thank you. That, that's the challenge of an album like this. And what's really cool, uh, Clint, is that a lot of the times I actually flew the people in uh, to work one on one. Mike Reno, for instance, what a great uh, person, what a great singer. Uh, we uh, actually uh, we did a World Stage concert. Uh, last year, actually January of last year, uh, and we I, I had him stay over longer. And uh, we wrote, without a bullet being fired, uh, face-to-face, And said, I want you to harness that energy you had back in 1981 when Survivor was on tour with Loverboy, and you had the red leather pants on and, and the bandana, and you're singing, working for the weekend. That's what I want. And uh, he says, okay, Jim, got it. And uh, we wrote uh, the song, and I think you can feel the energy. The very next day, we we cut it at my studio here, and we made it the second track on
2: the album. Well, I'm so just, I I think Frontiers has done such a good job, um, you know, motivating and keeping some of my... You know some of the most wonderful artists of our time on this label, and I go to it time and time again. And to have you guys uh, doing this together, it's it's unbelievable. And you know, um, I know uh, Jim that you have some some live performances coming up, and I think you are, are doing are you doing some kind of a it's rocking for the kids with Sammy Hagar, He's a good friend of ours, with uh, Sammy in the Circle. What's that deal coming up?
0: Yeah, that's June second. Uh, in, in Ohio, you'd know better what city it is. Um, it's near Cleveland, but I don't know the suburb.
2: Do you? I'm that is sure. it. I've got it here June 2nd, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's Ohio. It is, um, It's. I think it's outside Cleveland. I'm from the Midwest, but you know, Ohio's, uh, I only know about, you know, two or three small towns from there from the, the girls I dated from there, so.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's what we're doing. It's for a, a really worthy cause, a ha- children's hospital, and uh we're premiering a lot of the songs, and actually not from world stage, ironically, but of course I'll get on the Eyes of March, have a new album after being together for 55 years, it's so will Play On, and uh, we're uh, actually putting it out uh, on June 2nd, we'll be distributing 500 discs to all the contributors to the hospital, but um, you know, with Sammy, you know, we've been friends forever, and of course we co-wrote uh, Heavy Metal together, so Inevitably, I'll be getting on stage with him on June 2nd and jamming that song with one of my heroes of all time, Sammy Agar. But, you know, in back to world stage, you know, Jason Shep came into town. Actually, I came into Nashville and wrote the song with him, and that's where he lives. Uh, but, but a lot of the people actually blew in for this, and that was, you can't write a better song than when you're in one room together. Uh, Kelly Kagey, same thing. Of course, there's some people like Lars Susson of Work of Art. He's in Sweden, so we didn't get together. We we wrote by Skype, and um, and he recorded at his studio in Sweden. And, you know, we put the pieces together here. And and by the way, uh, Where Eagle Stare is one of my favorite tracks on the album. And if you don't get it the first time, Clint, please listen to it a few times. It'll get under your skin.
2: Oh, that's... I just love... That whole concept—I'm a huge fan. That's going to be great. I can't wait, um, Dennis. Uh, to you here, um, you, my friend, are going to be here in Jefferson City, Missouri, the capital of Missouri, on June 1st. You are out here with the music of Sticks. Um, you're on tour. Uh, you have a show like this Friday. You're going to be—you're you're crushing it, man, Dennis. What's what's uh, talk about this tour? Uh, re- rephrase the uh, uh, the
0: question. I mean, do it again because. Uh, uh, Dennis was in
2: the other room. One more time, uh, please. Dennis. Okay, so my friend, we have you coming here to Jefferson City, in my neck of the woods, here on June 1st, bringing your uh, Music of Sticks tour. Um, talk about what this tour is meant for you. How's how it's been going? You have a show coming up here, I think, on Friday in Georgia. What's this tour been like? Getting this music out there, keeping it alive, doing what you do. Uh, we can't wait to have you in Missouri. But what has this tour been like for you? Well, I,
1: you know, the thing is, I, I really tour all the time, and so it's not really a tour. I play on the weekends
2: mostly. Sure. And uh, what I've done is i put together just a Cracker Jack band that sounds
1: that brings back the sounds and the spirit of all those Sticks albums and, and concerts I was involved in. So um, the, the idea is is to do a Stix Greatest Hits tour. Now, when, when I'm coming down by you, um, I think it, you said it's not a Grand Illusion show, is it? It's, a, it's just like Dynasty and the Music of Sticks. Yes. That's all it's called? Yep. Well, then that's the sixth greatest hit song. All the songs that the people want to hear, we just line them up and we play them. That's all there is to it. We're also doing a Grand Illusion tour at the same time, which does the whole Grand Illusion start to finish, and then the second act is, is all the hits. But, you know, it's... Um, I Look, at Jim and I, I can speak for Jim right now because we know one thing. We we lived at the greatest time in the history of mankind to be musicians. Never before, and I don't think ever after, well, so many of us had the opportunities that guys like Jim and I had and everybody else. You know, music was the focal point of all the kids' lives. They had no distractions. So guys in rock bands, you know, they, they were deified in many ways, and we were there. So I like to tell people, and Jim and I agree, we were lucky by birth. And that's why this music is still... Viable and people still want to hear it in, in concert. And, you know, I'll come to, I'll come down by you in Missouri, and people will come up to me and thank me for coming there, as if I'm there with Mother Teresa, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, on a mission of mercy. I'm there making, I'm doing my job. So how lucky can you get, right, Jim? Amen, amen to that. Uh, and I like Mother Teresa, so please. Yes,
0: Mother Teresa, so, um, is that what it is? No. Anyway...
2: Jim, I have to ask you about a couple things, because, um, you know, you were a part of Survivor, of course. Um, you co-wrote the song Eye of the Tiger, one of the greatest <laughs> pump-up rock songs whatever, of all time. Um, but you also were a part of Survivor, and you did Burning Heart. And I just recently saw a live video of you performing Burning Heart live, and that was the greatest thing I've ever seen.
0: Oh, man. You know, I still do that song, With the Eyes of March. You know, we got the brass going, and, you know, I always say, Clint, that if you have a good song, you can rearrange it and recast it so many different ways, and, uh, you know, that's what, uh, one thing with the Ides show, for people that come out to see us, uh, like on June 2nd, is we take all the songs that I wrote, or co-wrote, for Ides of March, but also for Survivor, for Sammy Hagar, for 38 Special, and we add our own flavor to it. And the Ides of March have always been known for the brass sound, uh, exemplified by Vehicle, which was our number one hit in 1970. So when you hear Eye of the Tiger by the Ides of March, uh, you know, we've got the sledgehammer beat and all that, but we also have the the brass going bop, 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 bop. You know, it's just very, very powerful. And that's the same thing we do with, with heavy metal. We slow it down a little bit and really bump and
2: grind it, you know. Do you find that people are, you know, maybe sometimes unaware that you have written so many of these songs, because it's something that, to me, that you, I mean, these songs are legendary, and and to have those credits, and to be able to to perform them if you want to, or, you know, all that you can do, do you find that people aren't aware that you were, uh, you know, had songwriting credits on some of these huge songs?
0: I think that, you know, I'm educating, we're educating people every day to that, and, so many people come up to us after a night show or a world stage show and like, oh my God, I didn't know you wrote Hold On, Lucy. That's my favorite song. You know, so we're gradually, gradually getting the word out that I was a thread that ran through so many of these these hit songs. It doesn't bother me, you know, that I'm not more famous as the, the name Jim Peterick, But the people that really know appreciate what I do.
2: I definitely am one of those people, Jim. I'm su- such a fan of of your work with Survivor. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny for me just in the, in the timeline of my life that I of the Tiger, maybe like the first rock song I ever heard as I was very young when Rocky III came out. In fact, I, I was not quite born yet, but as I came, became indoctrinated to it, it's like that song sticks with you and that, that's your work. That's, that's amazing. Like, I feel like I'm talking to someone that just almost uh, raised me from birth, Jim. That's a... But you're not old enough to have really done that, but, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, I I think you uh, kicked the slaps off the cradle to that one. But I'll tell you, either Tanger, you know, I mean, we knew that it was going to be a big hit in 82 when, when Sylvester Stallone uh, called me up. And I, he left the an answering machine message, hey, yo, Jim, give me a call, it's Sylvester Stallone. And I'm going, yeah, right, they put me on, right? And uh, finally I called him back, and he says. I said, "Is this really Sylvester Stallone?" He goes, "Hey, Jim, call me Sly." You know, here I am talking to my hero. You he calling him Sly. You know, and, and that was the really—I call it the phone, phone call that changed my life. But I never imagined that in the year 2019, that song would still be performed and still be motivating people to go beyond their limits and test their 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 uh, humanity. Uh, I've heard so many stories of people come up to me all the time and and write me letters that they fought cancer and won for that song or crossed the finish line first in a marathon or, you know, on and on and on. And that's the, the biggest thrill a songwriter could ever have.
2: And the fact that it may not have ever happened had they just gotten the rights to Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, that's what Stallone was looking for, and he, he couldn't get the permission. So Eye of the Tiger it is, and it could not have been more iconic. It's just funny how things like that work in the music business. I mean, it's just crazy.
0: Yeah, it sure is. I, I thank him all the time for giving us a shot at, at the title, because we're basically an unknown band. The first two albums by Survivor didn't really tear the world on fire, you know. And finally, he goes... Tony Scotty, the, the uh, label manager, uh, actually the owner of the Scotty Brothers, uh, he knew Stallone, had him over to the office, and he says, "I want you to hear a new band I signed." And he played him "Poor Man's Son" and a couple others for permission. And Stallone goes, "Okay, that's the sound I want." You know, so it all works together.
2: Okay, so uh, before we let you go, I know. You're as big of a Beach Boys fan as I am. I, I actually just saw them last summer. I'm such a fan. But you actually uh you're a lifelong fan of of the Beach Boys and you got to record um a song with them. That's why God made the radio. What was like what was that like for you personally to be able to to record this song with some of your heroes? Well, that I consider that one of the great moments of my later life.
0: Uh, obviously, the 80s uh, the 70s was, you know, Tied the March, the eighties was uh, was Survivor, but I'll tell you, in two thousand and twelve, it was all about the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson, and uh, you know I wrote that song with Brian, but also uh, with Larry Millis for the Eyes of March and Joe Thomas, the Beach Boys' great producer, and we were sitting in a Chinese restaurant, and uh, and we were talking about, and Brian was there, and Larry was there, and Joe was there, and I talking about AM radio how much we love the sound of AM radio through the dashboard of, of our cars way back in the, the 60s. And Brian says, oh, that's why God made the radio. And I wrote that down, man, and we just got to, to work on it. And it, it took us four years to write that song because, we, you know, we wanted to get it right and keep the schedules and everything. Finally,
1: the Beach Boys came together for a reunion. The, the time timing couldn't be better. That song went to number one on the Billboard charts.
0: And I, I remember, you know, when they came to Chicago at the Chicago Theater, they invited Larry and I and my son and my wife backstage, and it was the moment of my life. And then they performed the song flawlessly, and my son's sitting next to me, and, and I talk about it in my book, I, and he says, Dad, this has to be a big moment for you. And I said, you know what? It doesn't get much better than this. So I'm still teaching to myself, and I'm still writing uh, with Brian and um uh, and joe and larry and we're uh, working on a new brian album and a documentary so it keeps
2: going wow jim i mean i i can't what a career what a life it's been i thank you so much uh and to tell Dennis, we can't thank him enough as well. That one uh, that one blew me away to have you guys together because this album, uh, Winds of Change, is amazing. You can get it right now via Frontiers Records. Uh, Proof of Heaven is a song in the video that you guys did. I'm such a fan. Jim, I can't thank you enough. Tell Dennis we say thanks so much for uh, for taking some time. And we just, uh, all the best, my friend. We'll, uh, we'll catch you soon. Okay, Clint, thanks for uh, the interview. And uh, I'll tell Dennis the same. He's in the other room mixing a song. So, uh, God bless, and thanks again. Keep rocking to all your fans. You bet. Thanks so much. All
0: right. See
2: you, man. Well, there you have it. What a surprise it was. Dennis DeYoung joining the Jim Peterick interview. Of course, the new album is Winds of Change. It's uh, been out since uh, April, so it's been out about a month now. So please check that out, uh, jimpetrick.com. we will get you all the information on his upcoming appearances uh, and how to get the album. It's uh, via Frontiers Music and... Um, wow, what a surprise that was, talking to him about uh, so many legendary songs and those songs from the Rocky movies, from Rocky Three, of course you had Eye of the Tiger, Hearts on Fire from Rocky IV. Um, I tell you, it's just an amazing experience to have uh, have had both of those guests on, and uh, J- Dennis DeYoung, one of my favorite singers of all time, Sticks, one of my favorite bands. That all just clicked. It all just happened. It was not planned just by happenstance, amazing things can happen in this world. Guys, we are so pleased um, to be with you and to have you listening to us. And uh, again, just urge you to head to our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. You can get all my concert reviews, all of our shows, over like 125 episodes now. They're all archived there. Start with one and work your way up. You got time. Make it happen. Uh, So much coming up. We talked about the interviews we have coming up with Cher Ross from Vixen, Johnny Rabb from Collective Soul, and Don Felder, former guitarist for the Eagles. I'm saying all this with just a giant grin on my face because I I'm still blown away by being able to do these interviews because that's what it's all about for us. Doing these interviews for you, hearing their stories, bringing them on to this show, giving them the medium, um, you know, the the way to get out, uh, you know, what they're doing and what talk about their careers, everything like that. It's very important uh, to me, and that's why I do this podcast, not uh, for my own gratification, not to hear myself talk. Although some of you would argue that, but hey, there's lots of that uh, coming up. We're going to be doing. So many shows are going to be live at Rocklahoma coming up this weekend. We got Great White coming in. We got Slaughter coming in. Guys, it is summer 2019. We are on the road to rock, and your money stays and plays with us right here on the Music Mania podcast.